Hello and welcome to The Long View, a podcast that takes a closer look at the games we play. By way of introduction, this podcast came to my mind as an idea after reading Jesse Dean's lengthy article where he asked the question why there are not more critical reviews of board games. In the thread, I gathered a few interesting pieces of information. Number one, the first reason there are not very many critical reviews of board games is because most of us want to hear about the latest, greatest, newest game. We want to hear about it because we may be excited about the theme or the idea. There may be some great buzz coming from conventions, or perhaps just because we want to know what the newest game is about so that we can make a decision about whether we want to buy it or about whether we even want to play it. So those reviews are extremely valuable. However, Jesse's point, at least to me, seemed to be that there was kind of a lack of a follow-up or follow-through with those reviews. With that in mind, I decided to try to launch a podcast with the gracious help of both Jesse and with Joel Eddy and the 2d6.org website, who is kind enough to host this podcast. The idea for the podcast is to take a look not at the newest, latest, greatest game, but to take a look at games a little bit more in depth after a lot of experience playing them. I've set a sort of an arbitrary number of at least 10 plays. Now, that can change depending on the game. However, the basic idea is that you don't want to talk about the game until you've had a good amount of experience playing it. I also wanted to try to come up with a basic framework for the show that I'd like to share with you. And that is this. The first thing that I wanted to sort of ask with the podcast is, what was it that attracted you to a game in the first place? What was it that made you want to play it or buy it? The second question would be, once you played the game, what did you think? Did it meet your expectations? Did it live up to the hype? Did you want to play it more? Why or why not? The next part would be, of course, the the meat of the show, which would be looking at What did the game reveal to you after playing it multiple times? What hidden strengths did you find in the game? Did you find any uber strategies, as has been discussed so much with A Few Acres of Snow? Did the game not hold up to repeated plays? Did it become boring? Or did the game reveal some hidden depth that you wanted to explore more and more? So, for this podcast, we're not going to be looking at the newest game. We're going to be looking at a game that might be a little bit older and taking a closer look at it. The long view, as it were. So, with that in mind, and with great thanks to everybody who has helped me along to this point, Joel Eddy and Jesse Dean and Jim Shaw, who you'll be hearing from in a moment, I'd like to present to you our first episode of The Long View. Uh, my name is Jeff Gamble, G. Gamble on Board Game Geek, and with me today is Jim Shaw, Red V on Board Game Geek, and our subject tonight is going to be the game of Thunderstone. So, Jim, welcome. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Uh, Jim, I'm glad you're able to join me today uh, because uh, Thunderstone is, is a game that uh, you and I have played quite a bit. We played it together, uh, but we've also played it separately. Um, I've played it with my kids. You've played it with your friends and your brother. Uh, I've played with uh, other adults. And so I kind of feel we have a, a pretty good handle on this game and, and quite a lot of experience with the game under our belt, which is why I thought it would be a good one for us to talk about. Yeah, I've definitely played uh, quite a bit of Thunderstone. And, uh, you know, like I said, with the 
different groups of people and different types of people. And I'm a fan of deck builders, so, you know, it's a game I've got quite a bit of experience with. Yeah, that's one of the things that's interesting is, is uh, you know, one of the, the, the questions I, I, I want to try and frame the, the, the podcast episodes in is, is the idea of, uh, you know, what attracted you to this game in the first place? Uh, what was it that caught your eye? What was it that made you want to take a look at the game? Well, I know right out the gate, it was the first after Dominion deck builder. It was the first one to try and take that deck building mechanic and do something more with it. Um, in this case, I think with a thematic approach, you know, trying to take that classic dungeon crawl and turn it into a card game. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I, I had a little bit of a similar experience there. I, I liked it, it. To me, it seemed like it was full of possibilities as Dominion with a theme. Yeah, I think, and that's exactly what I think I was looking for. Not that I, I love Dominion. It's probably my favorite game. In fact, it is my favorite game. And, but I was looking for, I'm also a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, so I was looking for maybe to combine those two worlds into a you know card game that plays in, 45 minutes or so and get almost a dungeon crawl feel out of it. Jim, I'm also curious, uh, were you part of the collectible card game uh, sort of revolution that swept through uh, the, the gaming world back in the, what would that be, like the 80s and 90s? Well, uh, early 90s. 93, I believe, is when Magic came out and pretty much changed everything. And and was that something that was in your mind when you saw games like Dominion and Thunderstone? Did it, did, did it you know, was that something that you were looking at as an element that attracted you this idea of deck building um in a way yes i haven't been wasn't able to play magic in quite a while and although dominion is very much very different from magic it did just seem to be maybe bring me back to that card playing card playing in a new euro game sense Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I just asked that because, you know, uh, in case anyone, you know, is listening out there, I, I think sometimes it's useful to know a little bit of the background of the people who are going to be talking about the game. And, you know, I missed that whole boat. I, I a little bit older, and uh, I certainly was very heavily into the role-playing games, original uh, D&D and AD&D. But uh, as far as Magic goes and Pokemon and, and all of those other kind of collectible card games, that, that's sort of really... Uh, uh, just the timing didn't match up with me. So when I saw Dominion, that was really my first experience with anything that anyone was calling deck building. And it wasn't until later when I had a chance to try Magic that I kind of saw the comparisons between the two. Um, but but I think, you know, what I'm hearing from you is the same thing I've heard from others, which is they're, they're really two totally different things, yes? Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, in Magic, you're going to, you know, at, on your own time, create your deck and then show up either at a store for an event or at a friend's house and you know do battle with your decks in a deck builder the game is building your deck and making adjustments on the fly seeing how your deck is working and taking in and out the ingredients that you need to continue to grab victory points or whatever you may be chasing in the game right right so for you, though, getting back to our our original question is, you know, the theme is what really grabbed you. And the theme is what grabbed me because, you know, I, I don't really have the time for role playing anymore. So, you know, and I like Dominion. So this was something that kind of grabbed me as a chance to kind of get a little bit of that feeling, you know, that dungeon crawl, as you called it, feeling in a card game. So, uh, you know, I, I guess... You know, next uh, I, I kind of like to talk a little bit about what was your experience in the in the first few playthroughs of the game. Did it did it live up to what you were hoping? Um, you know, how, how, what was your initial reaction to it? 
Um, I think I was lukewarm, too excited on the first play. Um, I hadn't bought it. Um, uh, Justin actually had bought it and played it the first time with me. Um, so I believe he was looking for almost that same feeling as a, a Magic the Gathering style replacement for himself. But anyway, so I had played it with him. I, in much the same way, I was a little lukewarm on Dominion when it first came out, but I could see that it was going in Thunderstone. I mean, it was going in a way... It was kind of a game that I was looking to play. I thought I could get you know some of my old Dungeons & Dragons friends into it and get that Dominion feel with some friends that maybe didn't like Dominion but were fans of the Dungeon Crawl or the Adventure-style game. So what made you feel a little lukewarm? Um, it just... It seemed a bit stagnant, you know. Um, we played, of course, out of the, the rules out of the box, and, um, you know, you can get... We got maybe a bad draw on the monsters and got a little stuck in the beginning, and we were just kind of cycling through village cards trying to figure out, you know, okay, what's the... How do we proceed here? And neither of us wanted to bite the bullet, and uh, in Thunderstone, there is a, a mechanic where you can attack a monster, lose, and it gets cycled down to the bottom of the deck. But you get no benefit from it unless maybe the monster does something to you. Like if you lose a battle, you might have to kill a militia, which is a good thing. You know, that's going to get a garbage card out of your deck. And unless it's a monster that does that, you're actually just helping your opponent. Right, right. Yeah, um, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I definitely would agree that it, it you, you can get a bad draw. And I think my initial experiences with Thunderstone were all really positive. And, and I think it was, I think it was luck to be quite honest with you. I, I did not have that experience where I pulled out a deck um, of monsters and, and random village cards and got something that was almost unplayable. I kind of later found that that, that does happen, and I, I think it was good, for me at least, that that didn't happen to me in the first couple of plays because I have talked with some people, I, I have some other friends who've played it, and if you have an experience like that where you're describing where you know you, you really have no chance at defeating the monsters that are in the dungeon hall, you can really get quickly frustrated with the game because you, you just have to keep going to the village and buying cards and hoping then that they come up uh, with the understanding that, of course, your deck is getting larger the more cards you buy, which makes the odds of getting the combinations you need smaller and smaller as you play. So I, I really do think that, that uh, it, it was kind of an issue in the game. Um, you know, I would go so far, Jim, as to say that, you know, one of the things that occurred to me after playing the game quite a bit is that I, I, I think the randomizer cards are, are almost a complete waste. I, I, I really don't see playing this game with the randomizer cards. It, it, you can set yourself up for failure or a really difficult uh, or a very unenjoyable experience if you are pulling monsters like, say, golems, which need uh, heroes with just tons of strength, and then if you draw um, you know, your village cards through your randomizers, where you have things like elf wizards and things of that nature, which are very weak, uh, or, heaven forbid, you draw monsters that are immune to all physical attack, and you don't have any magic attack cards, or you only have... Uh, what is that, the, the Regian Cleric, who's probably one of the weakest heroes I think ever created. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really long night. And and I think that's one of the things with Thunderstone that is part of that, that mixed blessing. Yep. Well, and I mean, everybody seems to have their own variants and their own ways to play. 
And in some ways, I think that's uh, as or that's indicative of uh, almost a bad design or a, a poor design. Like everyone just seems everyone likes the game, but everyone's adjusting the game. Everyone you know, wants uh, to. Everyone feels it needs to be fixed. Yeah. I play with a level advancement dungeon where it's going to you put all the level one creatures in the front and the level two creatures in the middle and the level three creatures at the end and then if you have a boss you put the, uh, the thunderstone behind a boss or so forth with that and i mean even the uh what do you the epic thunderstone variant from uh, tom basil and richard lanius i mean i've started playing with that and you know, it's, 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 everyone needs to fix the game to play the game. And I think those are standard variants now in the new um, edition. Yeah, they are. I actually have uh, Thunderstone Advance. I picked that up. I, I couldn't seem to help myself. I, I was holding off for a while because I, I had just about all of the original Thunderstone sets and enjoyed them and, and had fun playing them. But, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, the, the combination of the board uh, really appealed to me. The wilderness side really appealed to me. And, uh, you know, I, I took a chance on it. And, and, yeah, I think, you know, again, um, you know, AEG seems to be a company. I got to give them I got to give them credit. They, they seem to listen to their customers and try to respond to criticisms of the game or criticisms of the components and try to do things to make it better. And I, and I do give them credit for that. But, uh, you know, I, I do think there might be something to what you're saying in that, you know, w- when you have a game like this that seems to require so many, you know, so many people think that there needs to be variants. So many people think that there needs to be tweaks to the system that maybe that does speak to a problem with the design. But I also think it speaks to the appeal of the game that people are willing to put that much effort into it they're 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 not just trading it away they're not just saying well now this doesn't work for me and so i think that they're you know they they definitely tapped into something with the theme with the design that you know appealed to people because if if people didn't like the theme if people didn't like the idea or if the game was just kind of irrevocably uh or, or you know broken i don't think people would go through all that effort Oh, definitely. And, I mean, to this day, like I said, I still play it. I've bought the first four expansions, um, Wrath of the Elements, uh, Doomgate Legion, uh, Dragonspire, and the base game. And every one uh, does more of what you were looking for. Uh, the one that added the tokens instead of cards, I thought that was a necessary move. I had actually already done it with beads in my game. Um, adding the board, although I've the board does have its problems for the Dragonspire expansion. Yeah. Um, it's a small board, and the lettering's a little cloudy. It, it gets so close, you know, and that's that seems to be Thunderstone to me is a game that gets so close to being good or great, but just falls that little right. bit short, and you just see potential like, oh, but maybe the next expansion will fix it, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. they get a little closer. They do, they do, and, and I agree with you, and, and I'm jumping in because, you know, it, they, they they expanded the board in the uh, Thunderstone Advance, and it's big, it's beautiful, it's got some really helpful things in there. But, you know, in some ways, uh, now that I've played with the board, there's things about the board I don't like. Um, you know, there, there's a certain kind of combination now that they want you to always set up. For example, uh, when you set up the game, there's a, a spot, I believe, for three mercenaries uh, on the game board. And so, and, and you know, there's there's a spot I think for three spells and three items, and so it's kind of a little more scripted. 
And that, in, in, in some ways, I don't like. I don't like, for example, the fact that, you know, I have to put three mercenaries out there in the village because, quite frankly, there's only a few mercenaries that I like. You know, I mean, I, I like the trainer, um, you know, but, but then there's all these others like the barkeep that, that are cards that just, for me personally, I'm not saying that they're bad cards or broken cards, but I really have no interest in them. And so... In the old version of the game, I would kind of set up the village, uh, you know, in a way that made sense to me or, or in a way that I knew would make it possible to be successful with the monsters that were chosen for that game. And, and so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not a fan of the randomizers. I, I, I think you, you kind of need to make your village with a mind towards the abilities of the monsters so that you don't get trapped in the game. And so that it's still challenging, but there's some enjoyment to it. And the board, I think, kind of in the new edition, I, I sometimes wonder or not, you know, I, I haven't formed my final opinions on that, but it, it seems to almost be a little too scripted for me. And, uh, you know, now there's nothing to say. I, I have to put the cards where it says to put them. I mean, I can always, you know, do what I want. But again, you know, it goes back to that idea of, all right, well, if I feel that I need to change that, you know, is, is, is that just a, a red flag or is that just me being me? It's, it's, it's kind of hard to say with Thunderstone. It seems like people really do want to personalize it. Yeah. And I think that that board is also designed to work with the, um, Epic variant, uh, where you're going to put three stacks of mercenaries using a random stacks of every mercenary in the game. And same thing with, uh, your heroes or your light giving objects or your food items, you know, it can mm -hmm. maybe do double duty, uh, for all of those things. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that maybe they did have a mine for the Epic Thunderstone, uh, you know, sort of variant, which has now become an official variant when they made the board. But at the same time, you know, in the original Thunderstone, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, maybe I've just been playing it wrong all these years, but, you know, aside from the sort of basic cards that they told you to put in the village and the number of hero cards that you were told to put in the village, right? The rest yes. of the cards were completely up to you. You you could you could put oh, whatever yeah, it was you want. To be, it was supposed to be a random uh, draw. You know, you, you might not even get a weapon or you might not get um, a secondary light item or anything like that. Right. Um, and... It created almost a stagnant uh, game because you felt you always needed some sort of magic weapon or some sort of um, magic or light-giving object or a, a decent weapon. Absolutely. Or yeah. A weapon at least your guys can lift because most sometimes you would get a weapon that nobody, none nobody of could pick get up. strong yes. enough to lift. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, again, that, that's part of the, the, the detail of the game that I really enjoyed. But at the same time, uh, you know, with a bad card draw, and, and that's why I always constructed my villages. I, I, I just really feel that Thunderstone, you need to have a constructed village. And it, it, it almost puts me, maybe the reason I like that so much, Jim, is because of my old DMing days. You know, yeah. where, where I'm creating sort of the adventure, I'm creating the scenario, I'm kind of setting the parameters and so that to me just felt natural. I, I, you know, whereas the, the doing everything randomly just felt completely unnatural to me and something that, that I just, I kind of refused to do, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think that appeals to the Dungeons and Dragons player. I mean, they're not afraid to, you know, rip into the books and make adjustments as necessary. So I think in that way, maybe you could call it a strength that it's a so variable a system that it can take, you know, tweaks and, and, little twists and pulls to its its structure here and there and it makes it a more uh, 
a different game, a different experience. I've always thought they could have um, made some sort of story arc, which I think they may have done just recently. I think I saw something on their website. Yeah, they're like trying to develop a story. Yeah, they're trying to develop kind of a story arc with Thunderstone Advance. You know, it's uh, you know I, I believe that the, the arc follows something along the lines of you know the original Thunderstone game was getting all of those Thunderstones and gathering them together, and and now you're going to these different locations uh, to fight the Thunderstone bearers. And so, you know, the, the, the game has changed, I think, in that way and that they are trying to kind of build a sort of a, a, an arc to it. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the word narrative because that's really one of the things that totally appealed to me about Thunderstone is, is that a, a game of Thunderstone to me has narrative, whereas a game of Dominion does not. And, and that to me was one of the things that separated Thunderstone from Dominion is the fact that in a Thunderstone game, I kind of felt like there was a little bit of a story there, you know, and maybe that's just me and my imagination, but, you know, I imagine going to the village and recruiting these heroes and going to a tavern, trying to talk them into coming down into the dungeon with me to go fight and, uh, you know, equipping up and, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get ready for this grand adventure and then, you know, going in. But, you know, oddly enough, that narrative structure that I'm talking about that, that kind of appealed to me leads me to my biggest beef with the game, which you and I have talked about, which is the very deterministic nature of combat. You know, the, 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 it becomes math the game. Oh, um, yeah, and if you, you can – it basically comes down to can you add up all of your guys in your hand and how much you're going to have, and if you can do that right and it's just adding, you know, can you figure it out? lay it down and succeed and it's very seems very stale very very stagnant um there's no there's no that there's no moment in the game that plays like that critical hit roll in a Dungeons and dragons game absolutely where, yeah you know i've hit i've i've done it you know i didn't think i was gonna hit that i needed a 19 or a 20 i did it i defeated the bad guy because i got that lucky shot or that roll right and right it just doesn't seem to be that dynamic turns like in dominion you know, you are going to draw cards on your turn. You're going to change what you're playing with. Oh, that's really interesting. Turn. That's really interesting. Now, I never thought about that. You're right. I mean, you're, you're you know, maybe the, the chaining in Dominion where, you know, you, you play one card that lets you draw more cards. And, you know, and, and, and now that you say that, uh, Jim, you know, one of the things that they did in Thunderstone Advance is, you know, they, they added these, these new, they got rid of the militia and they brought in these regulars. And regulars, when equipped with uh, uh, long spears or, um, geez, what are they? Uh, like long spears and I believe pikes also count as well. I, I can't off the top of my head remember the, the name of the type of weapon. But uh, if you go into the dungeon, if you commit to go into the dungeon and you have these regulars equipped with these long spears, you get to draw another card from your deck for each regular and long spear. So, you know, I, I, I kind of think that, you know, maybe they are trying to tap into that dominion where, you know, you, you build a little bit of an excitement of, well, I'm close, but I'm not quite there, but I'm willing to take the chance by, you know, going into the dungeon because I have these guys who are going to let me draw some more cards. So do you think maybe that's something they're trying to tap into? Oh, I definitely think that's where they were trying to go, but then it maybe invalidates your old cards, you know, or how do you make that work with the epic variant? And, you know, because you can't build combos if you're just going to 
maybe randomize all your decks and that's true. kind of play just to see what's going to happen. You know, not that that's a bad way to play. Um, yeah. It plays out pretty nicely that way in that you have to level up your characters, which makes a little more sense. You can't have them bought out from under you. Um, and But you can't plan out your deck or make a good uh, synergistic uh, reaction. Or, or a, a, It's a game of... That becomes a very random game when you're playing with the epic games. And Thunderstone in general is almost all strategy. If you look at deck building as... Uh, breaking it down to strategy and tactics, like for Dominion, your strategy is what you buy because you're putting it into your deck and you're making the strategic plan of am I going to go for a big money strategy or um, cost reduction or whatever. Uh, or extra cards. cards or, you're yeah. making this mm-hmm. plan right in the beginning. But your tactics are what you do on your turn, like what cards you draw, what how you play, what order you're playing those cards, things like that. Right. Um, those, those become your tactics or how you're going to tactically play. Uh, Thunderstone really doesn't have any of that tactical yeah, it, play. Yeah, it lacks that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, and I never thought of that. This is a really good point. Um, yeah, you know, and I think this this is also why this this kind of static nature, this kind of flat nature, as much as I like the game, I think I think this is why, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this, but this, this is why I started using a fudge die. Yeah, I think it plays pretty well with like a little plus one, a six-sided die with like two plus one sides or two minus one sides and two zeros or however you want to make it up or whatever you can find. But yeah, there's that customization again, right? Yeah, again, you have to. Everybody seems to make their own variants or you know own ideas on how to play the game. Yeah, and and I you know I found that the fudge die works extremely well. I mean, I I have have put away the fudge die with Thunderstone Advance because I wanted to see whether or not this regular long spear combo. And you know, there are other cards. For example, I believe it's the Moonstone uh, Gem or Moonstone Staff uh, uh, is one of the new cards, and and that lets you when you go into the dungeon, you draw another card. So. You know, there are cards in, in the new set that specifically seem like they're designed to allow you to take that chance and draw more cards as you go in. But, um, you know, I, I, I still find myself favoring that fudge die. I, I like that that excitement of that role. You know, maybe it's just, uh, you know, the, the Ameritrasher in me kind of rising to the surface. But there's something about that excitement of knowing that you're just a little bit off and roll on that fudge die and and winning, or you know, even on the flip side where it's like, okay, oh yeah, I got this thing beat. You know, I'm, as a matter of fact, I, I need eight to defeat it. I got nine. That thing's mine. And then you roll and you get like a minus two, and all of a sudden you've lost from out of nowhere. You know, because uh, that was a particularly uh, that was a particularly tough one of those monsters. Or you know, uh, like you mentioned in D and D, you had that critical hit and critical miss. Yes. And that you know that creates that tension you know that the um, uh, of a of an adventure you know and I think that's where Thunderstone falls a little flat it doesn't have an adventure again if you play by the, the rules as written you know you're just going to look at the monsters and they're going to advance and come to the front of the dungeon and you're gonna they have, do you march know, in a nice order don't they what's that <laughs> they do march in a nice order right to their death don't they single file in those cases and they're single very file. patient you know you got to give them credit for that you know they're like all right no you guys wait wait it's okay yeah you know i'm just gonna hang here while you get yourself ready i'll be here you know when you're set and it's all good i i like that they're very patient that way i think that that's good yep 
But um, all this being said, I, I still like the game. I've bought three expansions to it. Um, it might be my brother's most requested game. He wants to play it all the time. Uh, me and him used to play Dungeons & Dragons when we were younger and stuff. Right. Um, but for me, and I have a group that I play with, I play Dominion with all the time, and they're old D&D players, but they don't care for Thunderstone. Just not interested. The, the calculation, the the... I guess stagnant nature of it just right, doesn't right. appeal. Now, this one still hits my table fairly often, I must say. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I wanted to keep in mind when, when thinking about trying to make this podcast is, you know, what what kind of questions are, you know, would be relevant to taking a long view of a game. And, and you know, for me, as a person who's fortunate enough to, to, to get to play and get to see quite a few new games, um, you know, if something can kind of stand up to that wave of the cult of the new, uh, that that usually means there's something special about it, which is you know why I wanted to talk to you about Thunderstone because despite all of these kind of you know little flaws, I mean we're using words like stagnant and flat and you know possible design flaws, and yet despite all of that, there's still something about this game that at least for 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 me and and for you we're coming back to, and and it's a game that still gets requested in my house, especially from my kids. My wife enjoys it. Um, so, so there is something there. There's something there. Yeah. I, I, I've also, I've often thought about it like as a, a bad relationship almost, or you're in a uh, relationship <laughs> and you think you can fix that other person. You know, like if you just, if you just work at it, you know, you can just, you can, you're, you're you can almost make compatible. her see the light. That's right. Yes. <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's almost a perfect way to end, but you know, I, I, I do want to ask this last question, <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, is this a game that you still have in your collection, uh, or is it one that has hit the trade pile, or that's going to hit the trade pile? And, you know, if it's going to stay in your collection, why do you think it's going to stay? If it's going to hit the trade pile, or you have traded it away, why? Well, I, I think I'm just going to give my copy to my brother. And, in a way, he will have it, um, and when he wants to play it, he'll give me a call, and or bring it down to my house, or I'll go to his house, you know, and... It'll basically be on his shelf. So, again, it's I'm not quite getting rid of it. I'm just maybe keeping it on his shelf. Okay, so you're letting someone store it for you. Basically. That's nice of you. I like that, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this one's still in my collection, and, and I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I uh, you know, until something better comes along, you know, I, I, the, the, I, I just I keep thinking that, you know, I haven't seen anything better than Thunderstone when it comes to that thematic kind of a dungeon crawl game. Now, I haven't played Descent, um, and, and I don't know that Descent would be a game that I would ever play. Um, that's not one I'm going to get my wife to play with me. Um, that's one that I understand just requires a whole lot of players to really be fun. And, uh, you know, that, that's not one that's going to hit my table. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, it, it, it's one that has kind of stood the test of time despite its flaws, I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere uh, simply because my kids enjoy it. Now, maybe if someday somebody comes up with something that solves all of these problems that we've talked about uh, uh, today, you know, maybe I'll take a look at it. But I, I think it's much more likely, to be honest with you, that, you know, Thunderscone, uh, Thunderscone. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, it's, a, <laughs> it's a really... Some, some tea to go with your Thunderscones. <laughs> It's a thunderstorm. 
I don't even know what that would be. I can't even imagine that, really. When you dunk it in the tea, do you hear a rumble? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not That's complete. the after effects. After you eat those special scones, the thunders are As it slides down into your teacup. Um... Yeah, I've totally lost my train of thought now. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about it. I, yeah, you know, I'm there... going to stick with Dominion as my deck builder. I think it was first, and it's still the best for me. It 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 plays quicker. Um, it's got more dynamic turns. It's got just more excitement all around. There's just more strategy to it too. It's it's a game you can look at, analyze, and figure out the best your best idea of how you're going to proceed and. Make adjustments as you need. And Thunderstone, although the story is there, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the feel is somewhat there. And although, again, it just thinks, I think, like, maybe the next expansion, and they'll have yeah, it perfect. Yeah. But Oh, that's where I was going before the Thunderstone thing. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, it, like I said, I don't know that anybody's going to be able to do any better. But I think it, it's likely that the system's going to continue to be tweaked. Until eventually, maybe it, it does kind of become, you know, that perfect dungeon crawl deck building game. Um, I, I think that's much more likely. Uh, well, I think they, um, I was actually hoping they would have adjusted more for what was going on with the new expansion. Maybe not make it compatible with the first one. Maybe totally change it and totally. Oh, that would have alienated your customer base right there. Uh, I know, but it's sometimes it's a risk you have to take, you know, or, I mean, there's nothing that invalidates the old system. There's, right. I don't know how many cards, 400, 500 different stacks of cards throughout the first four expansions. Yeah, there's a ridiculous the- amount, uh, and, and, you know, that's one of the strengths of the game. Uh, you know, it, just like Dominion, you know, there's really probably no chance at this point that you could play with every single combination that there is. Um, no, but, you'd have to play, you couldn't play, you couldn't live long enough to play enough games. No, no. But, you know, just like Dominion, there are cards that are, you know, definite cards that you always want to see. And then there are cards that are either rarely useful or you almost have to build a whole strategy around that just aren't going to get picked as much. Oh, yes, but the games are shorter. You're going to see that what, what the weaker card is, and for whatever reason, you can cycle through your deck faster to make, to see, uh, to make your adjustments as if you maybe went into it with a, a bad idea, you can make those adjustments as needed. Right, right. So, you know, overall, you know, Thunderstone... Uh, you know, for me, it sounds like it's it's uh, more of a keeper for me than than for you. But you know, I think after playing it for a long time, I, I think that the initial appeal is still probably what is its strongest asset is the adventure dungeon crawl, kind of harkening back to a role playing game, kind of a feel in a card game that plays in a relatively short period of time that you don't need a DM for. Uh, yep, and I, it does do that well. Like it's, it is the dungeon crawl card. It's D- Dungeons and Dragons, the card game, as my brother would say, and that's why he likes it, and that's you know why we play. I believe more so than for anything the card game itself does. 
Right, right. I think I would have to agree. I think I would have to agree. Well, Jim, it's been great talking with you about Thunderstone. And uh, as always, if anybody has any uh, comments or suggestions or questions or maybe a different take on this game, I I certainly don't think we can call it a classic yet, but it's been around long enough that uh, I think it warranted a little bit of a closer look. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening tonight, and uh, I also want to give a uh, shout-out again to 2d6.org, a great website for great information, reviews, and videos, and, of course, the uh, Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers podcast. Uh, Thanks to Joel Eddy for his help and advice in putting this uh, inaugural episode together. Thanks again uh, to Jim, and thanks to Jesse for his inspiration in putting this together, And, and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to talk with Jesse and talk again with Jim. And if you have any uh, comments or suggestions or questions, uh, please feel free to post them on our guild on uh, BoardGameGeek or post them on the 2d6.org website. I'd be anxious to hear anything anybody would have to say. Also, keep uh, your eyes open for uh, my blog, which I'll be posting on BoardGameGeek for the first time. And with this blog, what I'm planning on doing is announcing what future episodes, what games future episodes are going to be about, and then soliciting maybe some comments, some uh, ideas, almost using it as a mailbag, uh, as it were, to uh, give people an opportunity to share what they think about a game that we're going to be discussing more in depth, because your ideas certainly may be as good or better than ours, and we'd like to include as many people as we can in this conversation and in this process of the long view. Thanks again for listening.